Are we live? The vulnerable are powerful. And the most gangster thing you could do is serve. This is all the way live. Say it again. Vulnerable and powerful. Most gangster is serve. We live. Are you telling me the most the mo the vulnerable a gangster and the most gangster thing you can do is serve? I'm telling you the vulnerable are powerful and the most gangster thing you could do is serve. And we bring you that. Every week. Every, uh, every week we bring you that. Miles, you know exactly what time it is, bro. We don't go too far into the show immediately without addressing absolutely everybody that's watching the show, man. Whether it's one person, 10 people, 10,000 people, it don't matter to us. Everybody means something. You feel me? <laughs> Family, you know what I mean? Welcome. <laughs> Everybody means something over here to the All The Way Live podcast, man. It's your boy, Zoe Gila, checking in with my dog, Maza Xavier. And over here, we give you that carefully curated content for your cranium on a weekly basis. You feel me? <laughs> I'm right here with you. I feel, today, it feels even more like we're just kicking it in, in a room somewhere in Chicago or South Africa or wherever. This, is, this feels right this time around. It does. It does. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's a little, there's not enough between the podcasts. There's not enough back and forth. And so I think the excitement is tangible here talking to my brother, here speaking to the people, man. It's amazing. You know what it is, man. And how we give these people this carefully curated content is by breaking that show. It's breaking this show down into three parts. We got Stumble Upon. This is where me and Miles talk about the things, thoughts, and ideas that we've gone through through the week. And this week, we have some very interesting conversation surrounding yesing up your schedule. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is carefully curated by my own uh, mistakes this week. You know what I mean? Nothing too heavy, <laughs> but yeah, man, I've just felt myself uh, out of balance, especially with schedule. Always love being able to have opportunities to serve, to help people, but I think uh, a lot of times we can find ourselves in a place where we've we've said yes to so much that we haven't left any time to ask ourselves anything else. Exactly. You know I mean? That's so real. That's so real. And that becomes even more relevant the more you climb up the corporate ladder, the professional ladder, like or just in life in general, just things get more difficult. Biggie said, more money, more problems, you know? But Word, word. And I'm looking for the money that's got to come these problems. <laughs> <laughs> but we good. There's more problems than money right now, but eventually it has to switch. I'm like, yo, all these problems, I must be rich, dog. Must be. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be. And moving right along, we got current news now, um, into some studies that have been released that traits that have traits. <laughs> traits they tracing us <laughs> because of our traits. You know what I'm saying? They call that a stencil. Held up the oh, paper because we used the pencil. You know what I'm saying? Keep on. You got it. Um, uh, current news. Traits that attract men and women differ. Now, we just found this super, super funny because, uh, duh. But it's easy. Um, I'm excited to be able to take a deeper look into the science around it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm excited to, to bring a little bit of, of, hopefully, knowledge into this. Because if there's one thing I know, I don't know, it's... <laughs> what women want. But I think it changes. That's my theory. Well, science fluctuates. It's very fluid. That's my that is my hypothesis. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, we're, we're gonna we'll bring get into our, it. We're gonna bring out graphs and charts and, and whatnot. It's actually gonna turn into a TED talk halfway through the show on this topic. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I'm I'm so enthused to be the audience for this for this TED talk. Let's get it. For sure, man. And uh, it, on the more serious note, too, we're also going to look into some of the uh, the gun violence that's been happening in the U.S. and um, have a, a more deeper dive into that as well because it's something we're talking to. And before we leave the people, man, I'm going to give them the recommended and review. And this is our absolute favorite part of the show. And why is that? This is our favorite part of the show because we review what you recommend. We recommend what you should view if it's cool. And today we're getting into uh, Reasonable Doubt, man. It is the 25th anniversary of Reasonable Doubt. My favorite Gun album shots. of all time. My favorite album in the world. And I'm stand on that. So, of course, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. What that means, 25 years, especially in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? To just to just acknowledge hip hop is, is gaining longevity. I think this is an album that stands the test of time. An artist whose body of work and work outside of work stands for itself. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited to get into that. But I think there's a bunch of other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Peripheral content that we can offer to people uh, about stuff that we've been watching, checking out and chopping up. So, yes, sir. We got a full show. Jam packed. Ch- chock full is what they say. It's chock full. It's chock full. So don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Follow, uh, follow on our socials, follow on this YouTube page, man. Leave comments. We, you know, listen, getting that feedback, whether you hit us up, no matter how you hit us back up, we appreciate it. Shout out to Humlemo, um, here in SA who sent the shout out, you know, that mean, that meant so much to us just to be able to know that the effort that we're putting in is landing in the ears of the people that would like to hear it and that the people are rocking with it, man. So, uh, shout out to everyone that's listening. Yeah, word, word, word. I love it. I love it. I love it. Speaking of love, man, speaking of love and acknowledging love, man, we got to acknowledge that Joe Berg is in the building. Chicago is in the building. On this end, the building is in Chicago. That means this podcast is recorded on stolen land. I am honored to have grown up in this area in Chicago, man. I'm honored to record this podcast from this space, but this land was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires, and the violence done to remove them from this land is inseparable from the violence that we see transpire in this city, this country, and this world, man. So we gotta lift up love for Native American people the world over. We gotta lift up love between black and brown people the world over, intro over, let's get into the show. I love that. I really appreciate that land acknowledgement, man. I think that's a very, uh, that's a very great piece of of time to just dedicate towards love, and that's what the show is all about at the end of the day. Yeah, and just like you know, there's 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 something to be said for acknowledging that history and just knowing that, like, bro, we nothing is nothing is permanent, right? And and the way that things the way that things change indicate what's coming for us, right? So. I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge both the people that took care of this land, the people that took care of this community. You know what I'm talking about? Ida B. Wells type people, you know what I'm saying? I've held down the south side of Chicago. I walk in giant footsteps around these parts. You know what I mean? And so it's important to acknowledge the different land formations that these these giants have promoted in a metaphorical sense. You know what I'm saying? Gets deep. Yeah. You know, where else? Where else? On a, on a tangent, um, in South Africa, that's a, let me rather say, in my experience, that's been rather difficult because the same people that liberated us out of um, oppression are now the same people that are looting from us, right? So we're seeing all of these, um, all of these war heroes and all of our, our, um, 
all of, all of the fighters that let us out of the apartheid regime now be the same people that are committing some of the biggest crimes in front of our faces. And so it brings that weird dichotomy of like, uh, of, of, of patriots, patriotism, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, patriotism is a, it's an interesting thing, right? Is is a, is a love for like the nation. And uh, I think there's something to be said for just a love for the land, for the space, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I can appreciate uh, from the perspective of Chicago, like a complex history, because, you know, I've done, I've been so focused, like in the last couple of years around like the Chicago 1919 race riot. That's something I didn't learn about in school. Headline, there was a race riot in Chicago in 1919. Who knew, right? I heard all yeah. about the Chicago fire and how Bessie the cow kicked this little thing over and lit the whole city on fire. But I didn't hear how white people also lit the city on fire, right? So there's, I think there's something to be said for, and like even the city, even this part of the city, South Shore where I stay was actually originally a white neighborhood. And rather than it allow it to be like kind of gentrified and uh, integrated, white people fled, it's called white flight, dipped out of the area. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's interesting as I look around to see how much areas can change you know, and, and what the social mechanisms behind that. And it is, it does make it tough to love these spaces, knowing that blood and tears and are a part of that history. But it's important mm. to acknowledge. It is important to acknowledge. It really is. It's um, what, what I'm happy about when I look at the, when I look at the, the, the front lines of the people that are trying to change things, I think there's a growing sentiment of people who um, want to be a part of of think organizations, companies, and and movements that actually make impact within their communities and communities at large. I don't think it's a surprise that we're seeing the largest Black Lives Matter uh, marches happening within our time. I don't think it's a surprise that the increasing number of protests led um, governmental changes is is coming through in our time. You look at what's happening in Colombia. You look at what's happening in um, what was happening in India. You look at what's happening uh, all, all all over the world. You know. Germany, even where we were thinking about going, you know what I'm saying, to get y'all some other fresh content, you know what I'm saying, on a whole different tip. But we stumbled upon in that regard, you know what I'm saying, that there was also violence in there related to police brutality. And so it seems like, you know, these these ideas are these ideas are spreading. People are reimagining what policing looks like, what criminal justice looks like, what justice looks like, full stop. You know what I mean? And I think that, that that's important. It's important that we're a part of that time. Uh, as we mentioned time, I think it's only right real quick that we just acknowledge we just passed the one year anniversary of, of George Floyd's murder, right? And so uh, acknowledging where we are a year from there, something real quick, I don't wanna spend too much time on it, but something that just occurred to me was like, I wonder how people felt. Um, and similarly, like in Chicago, damn, still just shouting out love for this space, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when Emmett Till was murdered, mm -hmm. right? Cause his family was from Chicago, he was murdered. Uh, down in the South visiting relatives, but his body was brought back up to Chicago and his mother, uh, Mammy Till, decided to show him it, like what was done to him, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he was beaten beyond recognition by white people and that, those images, people seeing that and the proliferation of that image started a movement, right? And, it, and that, that's a big part of the catalyst for the civil rights movement. So as I look at this period now, as we fight to keep the steam going, the momentum that was built off of this tragedy, uh, I, 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 yeah, I want to have more conversations with like my elders, my grandparents and stuff and be like, how did that feel in that moment? You know what I'm saying? They were, they were young during that time, but you know what I'm saying? Like, how did it feel? Did it feel similar? You know what mm. I'm saying? Did it mm. feel like that was the start of something? Because I imagine it didn't. I imagine it just felt, you know, tragic in that moment, but you yeah. don't know what it's going to 
but it's gonna do. The thing about the thing about revolutions like that and movements like that is that you you obviously the 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 catalyst for change is always something that is possibly arbitrary or just um, the the circumstances that lead towards something becoming changed. The formula is rarely ever the same, you know, because George Floyd is not the first black person to get killed. Neither is he the last person to get killed. But there's some there was a certain um, some combination of circumstances led to that movement. It was the same thing here with um, the the young lady that was raped and killed in, in Cape Town, right? There was a certain, you know, she's not the first, neither is she the last, but that was a catalyst that, that pushed forward. And I'm embarrassed that I cannot remember her name right now. Um, but it, it just speaks to, I, I think it speaks more so to uh, where how conscious we are as a as a people, especially as a young generation, like this upcoming uh, this upcoming wave of, of of leaders that are that are stepping into space, we're more conscious. And I would personally like to adapt the theology of being more positive and having a more positive outlook on where things are going, and starting to recognize and 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 support and um, and and cheer on the people that are doing the good work because there is also a lot of good work being done you know when i look around i look at the work you're doing i look at the work um some my my some family members are doing like in close circles it's there's a, a great intention for the social good that i'm feeling yeah for sure if we do anything with this if it becomes any type of platform to speak of it should speak out the voices of people that are doing that work and i think yeah. we are tapped into a few people um to y'all Definitely. You know who you are. Those of y'all that are doing the work that are that are to, to learn and unlearn, right? Because I think we all have a lot to unlearn. I'm looking at you, black man. Oh man. And I'm looking at you harder, white man. <laughs> looking at all of us. All right. <laughs> all right. Yo, but that's that that's that's important, man. And I appreciate you uh just taking a moment to acknowledge, you know, situating all of that from the land acknowledgement to this current moment we're in to gender-based violence. It's all it's all a lot, and there's there's people there is light. The, the silver lining is that people are, are working and people are doing amazing things, creating amazing art, creating amazing things to read and watch and look at around these things. So go find it. We'll yeah. Help lead you to some of it. Yeah. And as you said, there are people working and some people like myself like to accept too many things on my schedule and end up working a lot harder than I need to. Stepping right into our stumble upon conversation yes and up a schedule yeah yeah i've been i've been yes and up my schedule fam hi yeah. miles i've been <laughs> hi guys <laughs> <laughs> my name is miles i've been yesing up the schedule hi miles <laughs> See, it all started when i was asked to do something uh and when i say that it's like we all have our jobs we all have the things the meetings you know, the the write-ups, reports that we know that we have to prepare for and get ready for. And then we have the time that's not filled by that, right? And it's what happens when, you know, you have, I, I consider myself somebody that has a lot of amazing opportunities, right? Like I have the opportunity to serve my community in violence prevention. I have the opportunity to serve my community through food insecurity. I have the opportunity to serve uh, amazing collective of, of folks that is that is working in multiple fronts in South Africa, right? And so uh, between all of that leaves a little bit of time. And I and I've lately I've been filling all of that time with, you know, these these different positions put me in contact with just folks that are trying to do amazing stuff. And so when they ask to 
for something like, oh, the food pantry is moving to Inglewood. Let's move everything. I don't know if you've ever moved a friend, but I promise you moving a church is, is tougher, all right? <laughs> the next time you move a friend, think about what it might, what it would be like if they, if they lived and ran a church, right? And it was, and it's something that I wanted to do uh, and wanted to help out with. But then I got asked by another community organization to help edit their videos, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, boom, I got that. I need to do that because, you know, I have a podcast and mm. that's another skill that I can help to build. So boom, I got y'all. I'm gonna help y'all edit y'all videos, right? And then I got asked, you know, graciously, graciously, like I'm super grateful to be on the board of a, um, uh, an organization that provides like speech and language therapy to communities mm. of color, right? And I'm like, yes, I want to do that. Experience to be on the board of, a, the, of an organization to be able to support from, you know, that type of role to kind of understand how that works is just experience because those are the type mm. of people I have to uh, convince on the flip side when, you know, for our community-led initiatives, there's boards of bigger foundations and stuff that I have to talk to. But how many things have I just named now? Too and, many, you know, I, I lost any, count. Right. Right. I lost count at the church. Are you still moving the church in between? I'm still, this, or I'm still moving the church. the church. That's I still, the church is on my back. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but like the, and I don't, and I don't say any of this to complain. I want it to be useful from the framework of, Theoretically, when I looked at my schedule, I had time for all of those things. Can you do this at 9 a.m. on Saturday? Yeah, I got you. I'm not doing nothing on Saturday. Can you do this on 11 p.m. on Tuesday? That's a little late, but I'm just trying to make up times right now. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> there's, you, you, I've been struggling to say no. I've been struggling to identify times of, of my own that are free uh, and, and protect them for myself for things like grocery shopping, for things like laundry you know what i mean and i find myself stretched very thin yeah. so thank you all the way live for being my therapy session i've been yesing up the schedule guys uh but i would love to hear from you what are some of the ways that you avoid doing that have you been through that uh and any pointers you got for me and the people i'm currently going through that i'm currently going Word. through that as well and i'm, I'm not alone okay so no. wait so wait hi zway Hi guys, my name is Zoe. I too have been yesing up the schedule with Miles. I said yes to this podcast and now we're 40 episodes in <laughs> and I can't play golf on Sundays anymore. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank um, you. For we all appreciate that. Yes. Um, I mean, the, what, what I've been learning to do, right? Because I've accepted that I, my, I associate no with disappointment and that's not always true. Right. And, and I'm learning to, to separate those, but what I will do is be brutally honest about my time. Right. And so if, if, if my compromise with myself has been, if a no is too difficult, let me be honest about how much I want to do it. Um, how much time I can give to it. And the fact that the other things that I'm doing will, 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 definitely take up more time that I could have for this. And if there's a particular time and, and if, if the intention of this particular task is for my time, then let's arrange for it at a time when I can give it that. But if I cannot, then I'm like, I could flake out. I um, will not, I, I won't care very, very much. I, you know, and, but I'll be honest about that. Like recently I had somebody approach me, um for me to be their mentor right they um 
Bless you. Be <laughs> allergic to responsibility. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm cutting that out the podcast. <laughs> I'm editing that out. Um, somebody approached me uh, to somebody approached me to be their mentor, right? And they had, you know, there was an energy related thing and they have a lot of projects and work, some exciting work. And I, and, and, and I wanted to, I really felt compelled to do it because mentorship is something that has helped me and in, in in, in whatever cases. But I, I had to be honest and say, listen, um, the opportunity to help is one that excites me. However, my time ability is only one where I can maybe shoot you a message from time to time, maybe be a board that, maybe be somebody that you can bring a final check of something to, um, a monthly, bi-monthly catch up if that's the case. You know, we could do that. Otherwise, I don't, I, I don't have the time for it. But then there are situations where that is still harder than, than not, you know, to say no. There's definitely situations. I think part of, part of becoming... Part of becoming a a, a a a real person is just learning how to say no and and what what matters to you. I I, I ingrain personal time into my schedule. I ingrain it. Yeah, I think as somebody who uh, wanted to create a path of life that doesn't have the same simple blueprint as a lot of other people. Right. Do you feel like that it was difficult at any point for you to like, because at a certain point you want to say yes, you're really looking for the opportunity at start. You got nothing. If you don't have that, that blue, go to school. This is the internship. This is the job. If you're trying to build something for yourself and much the way that you have, you know what I mean? Uh, at first you just want the opportunity. Yes, I'll do that. I'll be, you know, the CFO over here. I will do my own thing. I will also work corporate and help you guys with the energy sector, right? Um, was there a point at which you you felt like the yeses and no switched? Like you were going from like, yes, I have to say yes to everything because the, I'm trying to build my brand, and then it's like, oh, now I'm the t- now I'm the person people are coming to. My time is valuable. Was there a mental switch there? Like, almost like, I want to make it as cheesy as like, you know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been really turned into a boss, you know what I'm saying? I had to go into boss mode, you know what I'm saying? But like, was there a mental switch from like, yes, I'll take every opportunity to like, oh, now I get to pick and choose. And what did that feel like? Real talk, bro, that opportunity, that, that, that switch came from when I decided to no longer do things just for the money, right? When I made the decision that I'm no longer going to be led by the monetary, uh, the monetary reward of that objective, that's when the ability to say yes and no to things became, a, that's where the options actually just have. Because if you actually say no to, to the money, you find that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the half of the things you thought you wanted to do, those go away, you know, and then you're left with, the, that's, but that's the compromise, right? It's an intrinsic reward and monetary reward and that's always been the difficult balance and uh, my efforts are trying to find a balance where the monetary and intrinsic value balance with that being said um when i made that decision it became a lot easier but now i'm in a place where 
and this is this is very much uh, like like what you have expressed the yeses are not coming from a place of now this is a a money grab that i need to do but it's more so for uh skills development um exposure for 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 things that that will help propel the rest of the work going forward you know those are the ones that are the most difficult to say no to so when somebody comes by and says hey do you want to do this project to go trade oil, whatever, I'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. That's too much headache. I don't feel like doing that. That's, that's not at all what I'm trying to do. But if somebody comes and say, hey, you know, we have a, we have a interesting organization and would really love to create a project together where we can help the kids, like that is super exciting. And then assuming, accepting that responsibility compounded with all the rest of the work, that's where it starts to get lopsided. But honesty, honesty with oneself, that's, that's what I'm learning to practice. What, what, what about you? I think I'm just learning to trust my I'm I'm learning to like take a pause before I answer, right? So like I'll get a request and I'll be like my initial response is like, "Uh, I'll get a text. Can you be here at such and such date, right? Can you be a one of our facilitators for a focus group at this time?" And I look at my schedule and I go, "If the if the gap is empty, right? I uh, my immediate answer is to go, "Oh, yes." Because I think part of it is like if you don't have something specific to fill that space, it feels like there's not much, there's not as much to say, right? And I think that that's like the, where we start to lean on excuses and start to like think in our mind, like, oh, what could I say I was doing? But I think the reality is like, I, I, I need that time to recover. I need that time to do things that aren't schedulable, right? I need to, I need to that time to call my friends and family, right? So I think part of what I've been learning to do is just like, one, put on the schedule anything that can be on the schedule, right? And it feels kind of weird to do that sometimes. You feel like there are certain things you want to be more organic, but like mm -hmm. I'm starting to put things like, you know, go through, like check through new music mm -hmm. or, you know, pick up like just 10 minutes, maybe not 10 minutes, 40 minutes of reading, right? Just like throw that up on the schedule, just like boom, so that I know that I have that time blocked off. Um, and I do feel like, all right, I'm going to assign that time to something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but I've been really just trying to be more forgiving of myself and to understand that, like, think about your capacity and go a little bit more with that gut phone to schedule to then give yourself a pause, get back to them tomorrow. Let me think about if I have the capacity to do this. Let That's me think about, idea. you know, and in that time, there's a couple of things you can think about. You can think about how much of this project is me. Am I being in invited to be 10% of something? Am I being invited to be 50% of something? Am I invited to be 100% of something? What are they saying and what the truth going to be, mm. you know? Part of to what you were saying, I think what, what starts to happen is you have more experiences. You start to learn which of those projects are going to be headache just from how they sound or just by who's involved, you know what I mean? And you start to separate yourself from those when you don't have the capacity. But I think taking that time and realizing, like, let me get back to you, learning to say that, learning to say, let me think about it, you know what I mean? Rather than just feeling like the pressure of that. Part of that is, I guess, becoming a boss, right? Part of that is realizing, like, the pressure is not so much on me anymore. And when you're building your own thing, you you determine when that is. And so part of your drive might be, might make it difficult for you to say, I've done I've done enough to feel like mm. it's my, my time is, you know, it's okay for me to say no, because I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm, my time is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's self-love, right? That's all self-love because like, at the end of the day, there's a certain amount of input we need to have to be able to have uh, to be able to perform or or complete the goals that we want to complete, reach the 
reach our dreams or whatever whatever your journey in life is there's certain input that you need to be able to do that there's some people who need less of an input to be able to do the output that they need to do and there's some people that need a mass amount of input to be able to do that you know when you are in the business of, of, of servitude and of giving and of, and of community work, you are giving a lot of energy out of yourself. And so what we've, and that's something that, that I learned from, from um, engaging with the people at the University of Chicago in your space is that there's a lot, there's a high burnout rate, right? There's a high burnout rate. People come in, give too much of themselves and then feel dead and then they completely move away from the sector, you know? So there's a, there's a pace towards everything. And I think, where I am right now is trying to find the perfect balance between a schedule that allows me to consume as much life as I can and then being able to give out life into the work that I'm doing. Because at the end of the day, that's all we're doing. We're, we're, we're giving intention, time, energy, and light, breathing life into these ideas and into these, uh, these concepts, you know? It's, that's, that's how it is. But like this podcast, having it, waking up, doing my yoga, spending time with the family, being intentional about this energy, that's the input that I'm taking in so that when we come here, you know, it's, it's nothing but a positive space for people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I feel it. And I hope that it comes off that way to everybody listening. Uh, I hope that, you know, the main takeaway I think for me is, is remember that you are valuable when you're still right. Remember that, you know, I think we're in a culture that, that uh, glorifies the grind. And I think that there's something to that, right? There's something about being a go-getter, about, you know, making sure that you get up and, and apply yourself, apply your skills, learn skills. Um, but I think there's also something that goes unsaid that is you're valuable when you're still. You, it's okay to be still. That's a necessary part of the process. That's one of the things that people don't show off is that it's important to just be like, yo, taking care of yourself. You know what I mean? Self-care doesn't have to be active. It doesn't have to be spas and manicures and all of that stuff. It doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, you can just chill and you are valuable being, being still, even if you're not in Tulum, even yeah. if you're not in wherever, you know what I mean? Like intentful, still. intentful stillness is the muscle for mental fortitude. You know, like being intentfully still is literally training the brain in order to identify the, the patterns in which the neurons that the brain speaks in um, are because the brain is a electrical circuit like this. Why it's nerves, you know, there's, there's nerve sparkings that happen. And some of those things happen um, as a response that you're aware of. Some of those things happen as a response that you're not aware of. And all of those things culminate and get interpreted by our emotions and so in order to you know the the ability intentful stillness allows you to be able to separate the emotion from the thoughts emotion from um the the brain's neurological reaction into things and then you get to and uh, you get to interpret things as they are as opposed to as your emotions have interpreted them uh, a simple thing is you are not your thoughts you know that's 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 something that's so simple but without the ability of being still and realizing the distance between your thoughts and who you are as the observer of your thoughts, you can quickly assume that you are your thoughts and then have guilt, self-shame, whatever. But if you can realize like, just because I think that thought, that's not, that doesn't mean that's who I am. My actions are who I am. My intention is who I am. You can think that thought. It doesn't mean that's who you are. Word, word. And I think that's what I'm realizing, right? And getting these 
messages, right? You get this request and it's not, I am not the person on the other end of this request. Mm -hmm. I'm a whole person. I have wants and needs. And you know what, even if I say no, like things will get done without you. That's the other thing is just trusting like stuff will get done without you. And you know, you sure like we all have things to contribute and we need to be thoughtful about what we contribute to and, and how we spend our time. But like, it's a, like, if you're feeling if that guilt is like, yo, I need to make this happen, whatever, whatever, I'm, I'm committed. Life will life will go on. Think about if you can. That's boss right. talk. That's boss talk. If you if they're not listening, that's boss talk. Look, man. Hey, bro. <laughs> if Un not unconventional attention. boss talk. We bring you that. Unconventional <laughs> boss talk. Hey, my brother. Um, if I say Kawabanga and you play me a wave, does that mean we're moving into the current news section? Surf's up. Word. Surf's up. That was like smooth. It. That was smooth. You know who I think will like that transition the most? Who's that? I think it just might be the ladies. Oh. The ladies. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm not going to lie. For, the, for this whole entire beginning of this podcast, I've just been waiting for the right moment to uh, get you to play that. I figured it might not have been in the Black Lives Matter talk. That, that would be unfitting. I mean, hey. Shout out to the ladies that are leading that movement, yo. There's no shortage of black women that have always lifted up and led us in for terms of civil rights. So one more time. Drop that. Wow, thank you. Thank you, ladies, for, for everything from civil rights to our current news. What is our current news, man? What are we talking about? What are we hey, saying man. Ladies? This is coming off of a, start, a study done by The Guardian. Right, a survey of more than seven thousand online dating users has found. Wow, I just realized I'm about to start reading this. Oh man, we got all the drops for y'all. Yo, Nick, your brother told us how you be all into reading this. Shit. Hey, that's some real good, shit, my nigga, for real. Congratulations, nigga. Drop city. Eventually, I want us to get a drop person, somebody that just presses the drops. He anticipates what we're gonna say and then drops the drop. Mm, that's big money. That's boss talk. <laughs> hey, yo, you paid a dropper? Tip the dropper, yo. <laughs> Not a DJ, just a dropper, bro. Like just a dropper, man. That's hilarious. Um, okay, so a survey of more than seven thousand online dating users has found the traits that attract people to an ideal partner differ between men and women, but that they become similar with age. Researchers asked. Uh, researchers asked Australians aged 16 and 65 to rate the importance of nine characteristics of partners on a scale of zero to a thousand. The characteristics fell into three categories, aesthetics, resources, personality, whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. Men aged 18 to 25 assigned higher priority to attractiveness, physical build, but as they get older, these factors became less significant. Women place notably greater importance on age, education, intelligence, income, trust, and emotional connection. Women under 25 rank personality factors as much more important than men of similar age, but the gap narrowed for adults over 30. But among adults 60 and older, men rated personality factors more highly than women did. There's a whole lot of statistics for you. Both sexes place greater importance on openness and trust with increasing age. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. So there's hope, I guess. It means you get... There's hope, get, I guess. There's hope, I guess. You get more jaded, but less worried about... Uh, but worried about looks as you get older. So you, you want somebody you can trust because you stop trusting everybody, but you, you don't care. <laughs> you don't care what they look like. <laughs> Just want to trust them. That's real. Trust somebody. Apparently, that's what's supposed to matter the most. I just, I thought that was interesting. Just uh, taking it from, it's it's important to to see what the general sentiment of of what matters is like because we live in an age where people are constantly showing off um, things that are true, things that are not true. You know, we this is the the the, the fake facade age. Like, you know. There's, there's a there's a big emphasis on on the showing off of things and so it's just like looking at the statistics of where that ranges on a on a wide pool wide pool study and seven thousand people is not a wide pool study at all by the way that there's a lot of holes in that study <laughs> yeah well i think it's really interesting to me especially because i feel like i mean it's no secret that men and women have trouble understanding each other right like Yo, I found myself as somebody who's super blessed to have some amazing women in my life. And sometimes I'll be like, that is the wisest thing I've ever heard. But other times I'll be like, I'm not sure how you said all those words in English and I didn't understand them like, but I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Like, I have no, I've, I, I, I can't fathom. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's just, it's just interesting to see that play out as far as data. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting to it's it's yeah, man. I think I think we all want that understanding, but it's difficult to have those conversations because I think I think gender based violence, I think conversations around sexism as it plays out in the workplace, as it plays out in economics, as it plays out just in social spheres, mm-hmm. as it plays out as far as and just in terms of women's safety uh, across the board, makes it makes it difficult because any conversation you have about men and women is marked by the fact that men aren't doing enough to protect women right now. That's a fact. So as, as, as when you, when I, when I hear these things, it's like part of me is inclined to like, you know, just go to the basic jokes just about like what men want. Yeah. We're dogs, bro. Like we, 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 we very much, uh, we're dogs chasing a mailman. We don't, we wouldn't don't know what to do with it. If we got it, we want a good woman. We want, that woman that's bad and beautiful that we've been taught, you know, is the is the hero's reward, right? Uh, if we if we play our cards right, and it just results in a in a in a nasty culture. So it makes me it makes me like second guess second guess like just even any of those tropes that you jump to to joke about, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's the reality of why some of that the, those studies can be skewed because once you take into account the fact that women are generally less safe and feel less safe and live a world that is less safe than men do, then whatever study it is that regards attractiveness of the opposite sex or the similar sex, whatever, has to, add to some great extent, take into account of what does that fear do to the overall data that speaks about attractiveness in a society. And we've always said, like, look, a world that is more safe, my favorite places to be are places where women feel the safest 
if I'm being honest, those places always seem to be fun, encouraging, light, full of creativity. You know what I'm saying? Those are places that I enjoy being in. And so being in a country... Gay bars are amazing, dude. Gay bars are so much fun, dude. Are you kidding me? Dude, (laughs) not just there, but have you ever, like, you know, there's many examples of it. Um, It's sad to see my country... There's a concert? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a concert. I'm saying I got the I got them I got these unlocked, bro. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, it's, it's it's sad in this country to see that not be a reality, and then um, it, it definitely I think tips the scales of of how, of how we measure anything regarding um, men and women, especially with yeah. the interaction with the greater society. Yeah. So if we're zooming out from greater society or zooming in, I should say, what do you want in a partner? Oh, well, uh, Miles Xavier, the passion of life for me is is high up. And I'm fortunate to be in a relationship with somebody that is is, is enough for me. <laughs> nice. Any characteristics about this person <laughs> that this person has? <laughs> Hey, bro, you, you could have took it any way you wanted to take it. <laughs> Quirky, likes long walks on the beach. But, all right, I'm going to dig a I little love, I love how I love, I love how I love how men always get into uh, full defense mode anytime those types of questions come up. But, no, honestly, pers- me personally, Miles, I think I'm, 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 at a, I'm, at a, I'm at an age now, and, and, I can only, and I can only speak about what I want in the current moment because that's what this is my reality right now. I'm in a place where being a fan of somebody's work, um, uh, being able to be around somebody that makes you a better person, those things are that are that are important to me. And if it comes with attract attractiveness as well, then then that is awesome. And if you are somebody like myself who's found it, then shout out to you. Did you evolve to that 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 realization of like, oh yeah, if attractiveness comes with that, or were you did? When do you feel like you was it out? Of, does the data stack up for you? 18 to 25, you were like, and then you were like, you know what, B? Yeah, Miles, so what about you, bro? What are some things that you've been into? Uh, I mean, for me, I would say, <laughs> For me, for right me, back. yes, I will. No, yeah, I will a thousand percent answer the question. I think, I think for me, there was a very definite pivot, like of right around 19 or 20, when I, yeah, what I think up until that point, a big part of who I was with was I wanted us to look good together. I wanted, and I did, and I thought part of what, what I was supposed to be looking for as a woman was a woman that makes me look good. You know, a woman that my homies acknowledge is fine. A woman that, you know, um, takes care of me in ways that are, that are visible, you know, that even, you know, as kids, we, whatever, I walk with her in the hallways of my high school and, you know, she's the girl that's the passenger side of my car and she wears my basketball jersey on game day type stuff like that. And yeah, of course I wanted that woman to be attractive, but to the point of the day that I a hundred percent reached this point right around 19 or 20, where I was like, I think part of it was just being loved by being the, just the grace of like being loved by women that that loved me so well that had nothing to do with how they looked that it it made that click in my head. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's a great way to be able to realize something like that. Not to have to go down, but to be, be in a relationship where it's like, yo, the way this person takes care of me, first of all, 
I can't go backwards. I can't, I can't, I, now I know what it is to have somebody that takes care of you emotionally, that thinks about, you know, how you're feeling in ways that have nothing to do with them. So that type of love will make you realize that, oh man, none of this stuff means anything. You know what I mean? Just because a woman is beautiful, I, if I can't, to the, again, to the point of the data, if I can't trust her, if I don't, if, I'm, if I have qualms about her spending time with my mother, my family, mm. you know what I mean? If, if, if I can't, um, yeah, man, if I can't introduce her to certain places and certain spaces, then there's something wrong with the relationship. And I've learned that from, through a very positive, through a very positive way. I will say one, I'll be the, also be the first to say that you don't always know what to do with it. Just because I had that realization that this is more valuable than that, I didn't always act accordingly, right? Yeah. And so I think that's another gear that it takes, you know what I mean, to switch. It's one thing to know this is what I should be doing. I should be settling down. I should be looking for a woman that is, or just people, man, not even looking for a woman, but surrounding myself with people that support me because of who they are and who I am. And not just because of how we look together, not for the aesthetic, you know, not because, you know, we are all, yeah, man, we like, we're all hoopers or we're all bad bitches. You know what I yeah. mean? Like none of that, none of that should determine who the people you surround yourself with. Um, and I'm glad you took it there. I'm glad yeah. you took it there because uh, it, it, it is bigger. It, it is bigger about the type of people you surround yourself with, right? Because regardless of how pretty somebody is, the reality of who they are as a person afterwards, that's where it becomes, you know, that, 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 that's where it starts to matter most. I, I fully agree with you. I fully, fully agree with you. I was just going to wish for everybody out there that you'll find somebody, romantic or not, that reminds you that that type of love is more important than whatever it might look like, yo. So shout out to all the best friends, shout out to all the, you know, partners, shout out to all the, everything that's working, every relationship that's clicking, that supports you and that lifts you up, bro. Like shout out to that type of stuff right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right, all right, all right. Are we live? Oh, man. Yes, sir. Oh, man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yo, Miles Xavier, recommended and review. We are getting to mining your favorite album, man. Starting off this series of us reviewing classical things, uh, classical movies, classical music, all of that stuff. Um, reasonable Doubt, Jay-Z. Don't get more classic. I really don't. Don't. I really don't. Now, this album means a lot to me, right? So it's hard to even do highlights, lowlights. Um, this album really, to me, was like one of the first pieces of media, things from outside the home, that was like a directional compass in terms of like, man, I want to be like that. You know what I mean? Something that was different, something that I had never heard before. Um, and I can get into why in a little bit, but thoughts, man. What are your what are your thoughts on this album? I know as you acknowledge it mean a lot to you. Why is yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, for one, I think both of us have this ranked as our number one favorite album on our top albums list. I think this is one for us. Um, and I think there's something to say about the time in his life. I think the Tracy's first album dropped when he was 25. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think yeah. uh, Reasonable yeah. dropped when he was 25. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, 
This is 25 when he dropped his first album. And June 25th, 1996. 1996. Um, that, that particular moment in where Jay-Z was in his life, his, his lyricism, as he said, he, he, he acknowledges this being his best album because he says he, he's, he wrote that for, that album was being written his whole life. You know, and so even just the time luxury that he had to be able to put what he did into that, the the, the producers that are there, it, to me that's like the the Bible of rap. If in terms of lessons and and things learned, that's the Bible of rap to me. Yeah, lessons is an important part of it. I think for me, you know, there there was something about the uh, emphasis on like being intelligent you know, and being entrepreneurial and not being cool. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there, I feel like uh, hip hop has always had, has always given us mixed messages on academia, right? When it comes to reading, what it comes to, what it means to be real, right? And and how that interplays with uh, intellectual pursuits and spe- specifically academic pursuits. Uh, hip hop itself, rap itself is an intellectual pursuit. But it's interesting to like, yeah, man, to me, what just stood out was like just being a kid that was searching for something, you know, not purposefully, but I think that was so much more ready to identify with something that was like, nah, being smart is the way. You want to be as smart as possible. You want to be able to think about, you know, multiple different scenarios. You want to, you know, and, and what comes with that is a heaviness that comes with trying to think your way into a better position, yeah. right? And I think just the acknowledgement of all of those things that I was formulating as a young kid when I stumbled upon this album uh, around, you know, maybe like when I first time I really heard it, heard it, because it came out when I was like two years old, bro. But like when I first really heard it, heard it, I was probably around 14, 15. Yeah, you caught it early. You caught it and very it was, early. Yeah, man. There was just something about this is different. This is elegant. This is... This is gentleman-like, right? Even in its bravado. Mm. And there was something about that that I that I felt seen as somebody who didn't want to be, you know, necessarily a gangster, who didn't want to be necessarily like the most braggadocious person. And to identify with somebody who was affirming, yes, read, stimulate your mind, think about different, you know, ways to to mm. get to diversify your skills and your opportunities. And it was like, man, this is a game on a different level. Um, and I felt that while I was still loving the Get Rich or Die Tryins, while I was still loving, you know, the stuff that was that was coming out at this time, this stood above that. And it's carried with me my whole life. I still listen to this album to be reminded of game, mm-hmm. uh, to be put back in that mode of being uh, uh, an observer of, of all of my own, uh, the all of the, of the chessboard of life, right? You know what I mean, yeah. and that's that's really what this album drives home, sonically, lyrically, in spirit. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's if you can't tell, I like it. I rocks with it. I got yeah, it on so vinyl. Overall, you like it? Yes, five mics for me. Five mics for me. If I gotta go with some highlights, I gotta go with uh, "Can't Knock the Hustle," which is the the intro track. Love that song. Like just the fact that. Like Mary J. Blige is on that joint is 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 amazing. Um, that is timeless hip hop. Can't knock the hustle, feeling it, politics as usual, Brooklyn's finest. That those those are my top. The whole album is stacked. So I'm leaving out 
Dead Can presidents. I live in a whole bunch of amazing things? Dead presidents, yes, for sure. Um, but I wanted to leave some 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 pieces for you to call out. You know what I'm saying? So so, what are your highlights? This is one of those albums where literally the the you I don't listen to it in pieces. You know, it's it's you want to explain this album as being that 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 very expensive whiskey that you have. It's your favorite whiskey, but you don't drink it all the time. But when you do, you pour yourself a glass as an occasion, and that's how I treat this album. Literally, talked about Dead Presidents, of course. I mean, we talk about a track that that later every rapper who is making a statement on their best rap ver- ra- like rap capabilities like if you're trying to make a statement and be like okay this is i'm about to write what i think is the best that i can write you're doing it to dead presidents like that that is the beat that you are going to be displaying your finest writing capabilities you have uh cole who's got a dead presidents first you got miles who's got a dead presidents first you got you know, there's every I have. You definitely have a dead president. I don't. President I don't. I, don't. I, do do. I promise I don't. I've been very. I've been very scared. I saw what you did, and I was like, I. I clearly I can't do better than that. So I'm not gonna try. Drop, drop maker, drop maker. Do we have mark this timestamp? We'll come back to this when the when the presidents, the dead presidents freestyle drops. We're gonna mark this moment. Oh man! Oh man! Dead presidents. Five mics. Man, I think, five mics. Yeah. Five mics. All the way. All the way. Reasonable doubt, Jay Z. Uh, yeah, man, this is this is this is one for the one for the history books. Yeah, um, go check it out. That's a heavily heavily recommend. If it was ever a recommended review that we recommend to you, it's definitely reasonable doubt, man. Go it's ahead grown man it rap. It's grown man yeah. rap. It's 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 so mature. The sound. It's as you said. It's elegant. It's it's suave. It's insightful. It's gangster. It's a movie. There's skits. There's, there's just so much to it. And then the game that comes from it. I think the angst of being, the angst of being a misunderstood black man is just portrayed so perfectly. I think Nip said it best when he said, no, he a genius, he just can't explain it. Cause no, no, he a genius, he just can't claim it cause they left him no platforms to explain it. Like that's, that, that sentiment encapsulates what I feel and what these men rap about. Word, 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 man. There ain't nothing else to say about it. Five, five, five mics, five mics. Yo, boom. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, yo, even 25 years later, as we celebrate the 25th anniversary, that holds up. That's a crazy amount of time to think about, man. 20 that these records were made dropped 25 years ago and sound like this. Yeah. Amazing. 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 Moving from reasonable doubt, there's some other things we have to review. Um, let's do some rapid fire recommended and reviews. Um, I watched the Dave Chappelle Luminary, the Dave Chappelle podcast. I think it's called Check This Out or something to that effect on Luminary. Well, I done. thought it was called the I thought it was called the Midnight Hour. The Midnight Hour. Well done. Midnight Hour. Boom. Well done. Yeah, I yeah, listened. I listened to the first episode only. Well done, well done. Nice. There's nothing else to be said. Well done. I'm. I'm. I was somebody. <laughs> there's nothing else to be said. This <laughs> says more. I just did that in the last segment. Go on. <laughs> You're good. As Dave Chappelle to me is is my favorite comedian, but because he's my favorite comedian, I don't always run to everything that he says because I don't want to get that 
exposure fatigue. I like that term, exposure mm. fatigue. Mm. Um, so I'm very careful with it. Um, he did a, 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 not because he has the ability to drop the ball, but he's somebody that when I hear in measured moments, the impact and enjoyability of it are super high. So I'm always very, he did a, a, a podcast with Naomi Campbell. I haven't watched it, not because I don't think it's funny, but just because that's not the Dave Chappelle that I truly care to ingest. He did a live a live thing with the John Mayer and Daniel Caesar. And like, he, he's not hidden, but because of that, I, 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 I'm very careful about how much of him I engage in because I like my favorite, my favorite that he does, my favorite thing that Dave Chappelle does is something I enjoy so much. But anyways, going in all to say I was hesitant, not hesitant. I took my time going into it and I, I wasn't just listening just to be a fan, but it's, it's executed so well. The sound quality, the, the concept, the, the, the conversations, the, the hip hopness of it, the maturity. Dave doesn't really talk that much in the first episode. It's, it's, it's very well done. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, I look forward to giving it a look. Midnight Hour, Dave Chappelle's podcast. Mm-hmm. Worth downloading Luminary for. Cool. 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 Wow. Insert second ad. Yeah. Um, do not watch Army of the Dead unless you're drunk or going to make a drinking game. Yeah. Don't do it. It's not good. Who's it's that bad. one? Okay. Uh, Dave Batista, I think his name is Dave, David, David Batista, former WWE star, uh, also the Adventure. dude that plays, yeah, yeah, Adventure, uh, and then a couple of other recognizable faces, but not names that I can really think of, um, but man, <laughs> yeah, so dissatisfied, this was, this was, this was, uh, Hey, it's by Zack Snyder, and Zack Snyder just did that whole Justice League director's cut. You could tell that this was the movie he was working on when they told him he could go do that if he wanted to. And so he was like, this is a one-handed movie. This this movie seems like it was directed very loosely. Uh, There's plot holes that don't get finished. For a zombie movie, you don't need much, and this kind of managed to mess it up. So I do not recommend... Army of the Dead. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not my. It's not my recommendation. What I do recommend, if you want to see some blood and guts and violence, but also have a story that's like coherent, Gangs of London is actually fire. The TV show. The TV show. Gangs you of you really you really keep suggesting this Gangs of London, and I couldn't get into it at all. Gangs of London is Gangs of London is dope. Gangs of London is, uh, it's made by these guys that directed this action movie called Riot that are just like, that wow. movie has definitely influenced, yeah, for sure, action and how fight scenes are shot um, when they're trying to be like realistic. And so this is their kind of take on a, like an actual, putting like an actual show around it. But needless to say, the fight scenes in it are amazing. Probably more guns than like happen. Uh, like that are in London <laughs> in, in the show, but still, still, if you're, but, but in terms of day of the, or army of the dead, you 
zombie movie. You're thinking just, I just want to see zombies. zombies. Yeah, yeah, kill zombies, bro. That's like, that's what I, that's what I need to see. What type of zombies do you have? And how many of them can you kill? Omari Hardwick was also in Army of the Dead. And his character is pretty cool, but it's not enough to save it. It's not enough to save it. But when you take that, when you, if that's why I say Gangs of London, I wouldn't say Gangs of London is a replacement for Top Boy or comparable to Sopranos or Snowfall or the other gang kind of boardwalk empire of that in terms of plot. But if you just want to see some cool stuff, action movie type of stuff like that, I would definitely say go watch Gangs of London before watching Army of the Dead. Yeah. I think the first episode is just really slow. The first episode of Games of London is also a movie, which threw me off too. It's like, it's a show, but the first episode is an hour and a half long. It's like 90 minutes. So yeah. it's like, that's hard. To, and it was hard to get through if you're just expecting to watch the first episode of a show. You're like, this is long as hell. So I know that. That should have been the first thing I said. But Games of London. Games of London. That. Check it out. Um, right. Yeah, man. I don't know what else we got to review for the folks. Um... If you haven't seen Invincible, watch Invincible. Invincible is dope. Cartoon. Invincible is very, very dope. Dad, superheroes, super cool. Super Zazie cool. Beats is the girl in that. Shout out to Zazie Beats. Hey, girl. One time. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Um, my, my girl, yeah, my man. sister watched Cruella. And they they said it was an okay movie. Matt, they weren't so happy that Emma Stone was the one that was playing it, but they said it was okay. Yeah. Everything I've seen has been super meh lately. From Mortal Kombat to Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan. I like that. I, I didn't mind Without Remorse. I thought it was just like a cool movie. Like, there's nothing special about it. I can't remember anything about it other than I was like, all right, okay. It's like a movie I wouldn't mind watching on a plane, you know? Without remorse was like the rag that they squeezed taken out of. They like they dipped it in a black bucket. <laughs> like it squeezed black out. So it was just black residue of taken. That's a note for me, dog. If you liked Without Remorse, then you might like the Army of the Dead. I did not Damn. like it. <laughs> Damn. You hated it that bad. It was just an okay like action hero. That's the thing about it. It's just okay. Like but it was too it was John too Wick, much. We had so many okay action movies. It was too much of it was too much. It was too on the nose. It was very what, predictable. Why did he did this guy he this guy fought what? A bunch of prison guards and they let him out of jail? Like how, explain to me why he fought all those prison guards and what happened after that. They let him go. He's Michael B. They let him go. They let him go. <laughs> They they went to beat him up in the cell as prison guards, and he beat up like twelve of them. And they were they were just like, all right, well, I guess we can't hold. I guess we gotta let him out of jail. You beat up all the prison, prison guards. Rules. Prison rules. Prison rules. If you beat up at least seventy percent of all the prison guards, did you you get to leave? That they. That's the fourth amendment. You were done. That is that is not the fourteenth amendment. <laughs> uh, what's what's funny? Yeah, it's just. That movie is based around the scenes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they they had the idea for the... We're going to have this scene where Michael B. Jordan puts a bunch of water on the floor and beats up a bunch of prison guards. Yeah, yeah. How is that going to happen? And is he in jail for the rest of the movie? No. So... But we're going to make that happen. That's a... Uh, 
Because what I realized afterwards was that he's supposed to be, he's a Navy SEAL. So they tried to incorporate water into all of the fight scenes and that just didn't work for me. Oh, that's what they were trying to do? That's what they were trying oh, to do. Oh, and he drove out and crashed the, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all, uh, it's, 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 it's rather predictable. It's rather predictable. But Michael Not B. Jordan good. is sexy. And if you enjoy watching him frolic around on screen, give it a look. True. Mm. Big facts. There's that. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else there is? <laughs> I know. You know? I know. Nah. Yeah, we know, we know, man. This is a lot of podcasts, <laughs> man. It's a lot of podcasts, bro. So if you are tuned into us, if you are listening to us, down Michael B. Jordan and Army of the Dead. Sorry, Michael B. Jordan, we love you, and we did say you're sexy. Uh, then we know that you are a faithful fan of All The Way Live, man. We appreciate everybody who's rocking with us to the to the end come on man y'all are y'all are riders man y'all are our rider dies to auto rider dies one time in airhorn and love love for you who are with us as we celebrate celebrating as we celebrate life as we celebrate mm-hmm. how good it feels to be black don't it feel good this way it's my favorite thing it's my favorite thing too brother it's my favorite thing one time but you do say in the air for the 25th anniversary of reasonable doubt that album has got me through a lot of things, man. That shit is important. That shit is important. What has gotten y'all through some things, man? Put some albums, put some art, put some music, TV shows, television, movies that has gotten you through some uh, things. And we will recommend and review. Thank you. We love you. Peace. Water. Eat some delicious. Hug somebody you love. We gone. Yes, sir. All right.